celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. There's the snap. The placement, the kick is up. It is on the way, and Mike Collis has beaten the Titans. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton, John O'Shea, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome. Jags Drive Time Wednesday morning brought to you by Duval Motor Company. The last preseason game tomorrow night against the Atlanta Falcons coming to town. And right before the show, I was showing John, who's a huge fan of Pop Sockets. My Jaguar Pop Socket bought it at Target and it's the best $15 I've ever spent. Ever spent. Yeah. Look how fitting it is. It is fitting. But I'm on brand $15. now every day with my Pop Socket. I'd have to think about what's the best $15 I've ever spent. It was probably a bottle of wine. Yeah, or Wits, which you buy every night. Uh, not every night, but yeah, no, it's, <laughs> Wits is a standard in my house. My pop socket free, which makes it better than your pop socket. It's just simply <laughs> not definition. better. So, uh, I don't even know what that is. It's a new era, I believe. I think I got it. Super John, you're, uh, you're not fond of spending $15 on anything. On anything. Much but less a it, pop could socket. Could you identify the best $15 you've spent? Maybe in the last week. It, it usually it hurts a lot. When I'm spending $15, <laughs> I'm usually feeling pain. Um, I, w- I would guess an album back in the day. Back in the day, like a CD was about 14 Okay. So that was usually the price. So what's the best album you ever bought? And we'll just assign it. Oh, it's, uh, I mean, uh, that's too tough. That's Probably too Britney tough. Spears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best albums he I have. Strikes for me as you a were fan on fire today. Britney Ready Spears. for it today. <laughs> Britney Spears. I love it. Well, or Justin Bieber because I know I'm a believer. Oh, I am Bieberish. I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm gonna sit here and watch the show. I'm Bieberish. I've never day. heard that term, and I never want to hear it again. <laughs> All right, as we know, the final roster is set this weekend, and big thing one is anything is possible. A lot of guys fighting for those final spots on the roster, but you look at a guy like A.J. Boye, who was fighting that same fight, and he's a perfect example that anything is possible on this roster. It's something that they'll really learn on their own, but, you know, I always tell my story to them, you know, just to let them know that anybody can really do it. If I was able to, why can't you? And just always stay in their corner, let them know if they need any help, that I'm here to help them, and that's one thing that I've been doing. So we know this league is definitely unpredictable. And big thing, too, is you never know. Even the guys that think they are safe on this roster, Jeff Swaim says you can't get too comfortable. It's not just rookies and guys who are, you know, undrafted free agents. It's kind of everyone, you know, because you're always walking that line, you know, between having a job and not. So um, anyone can fall into that, that, uh, that category and you're trying to help anyone you can. And big thing three is a balancing act. We've been asked a lot this week, is Nick Foles ready for the regular season? He's barely gotten any snaps this preseason during training camp, especially in games. Is he ready? And we asked Nick Foles that post game after the Dolphins game. He said, I came off the bench cold. I think I'll be ready. The thing I've said is I've come off the bench extremely cold at the end of the season with a, you know, torn elbow. Um, and I was able to play, and I know the tornado was something that was brought out in public last week, and you know that was hidden. But you know I was able to play with that and trust people, um, you know, during that time. And that's what it's about. It's about those relationships, it's about caring for one another, um, and you know the locker room's full of that right now. So guys, let's go back all the way to big thing when you look at AJ Boye, who's a perfect example of anything can happen. Back then, he was really no different than a Breon Borders or a Tay Hayes. And now look at him. You know, um, 
I think this is going to be a bigger story next year when they start talking about paying Miles Jack, what they do with Unique Gakwe, where Jalen Ramsey is. Um, when you pay A.J. Boye and Andrew Norwell, who were both undrafted rookie free agents mm-hmm. at the top of the market, you have to go find guys like that. You, you not only need your draft picks to make the team, but you have to go find your own A.J. Boye, your own Andrew Norwell. I don't look at this roster and see an undrafted rookie free agent. I mean, maybe, maybe Joe Giles Harris from Duke, mm-hmm. but I think he's more likely to be on the practice squad. Yeah, I think he's a practice squad. Uh, but you see my point. There's, yeah. not, there's not many undrafted rookies that we're talking about. I mean, Graham Borders has been around the league a little bit. It's not mm-hmm. like he's a walk-in-the-door like Trey Herndon was a year ago. Yeah, I think Wingard's got a chance to make it a safety. Uh, um, I think what we could be seeing is what's it's not as sexy a story this week. What usually happens with the undrafted guy is you make it as a practice squad guy. Somebody gets injured. You play a few games. Uh, C.J. Revis comes to mind Mm -hmm. as a guy last year who made it that way and is now sort of on our radar as a guy that we all sort of know is going to be on the team. Didn't have that drama last year of of this week. I think what will happen next year, Brian, I think this team's prepared itself well for that eventuality by having – Rookie free agents in the past. I'm thinking of Trey Herndon. You, it, it's better Jared to Wilson. do that mm-hmm. before and kind of have it in the system ready than it is to think you're going to go get it. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, saying you have to be, right now. You have right. to be doing that. AJ Boye was ready to step in at one point in right. Houston because they developed him. Correct. It's kind of like we talked about the other day. You don't claim your depth. You're not going out right. on the waiver wire and claiming depth. Maybe a player that makes your team better. You're building it over time by developing guys like Tay Hayes, Herndon last year. Jared Wilson's maybe the best example. Mm-hmm. He's your starting safety. He was an undrafted rookie free agent. You have to have these guys in the system. Now, I think Trey Herndon could be next year's oh, yeah, guy like Look, that, I mean, Boye's, Boye's a $15.5 million right. hit next year. It's not a stretch to think this might be his last year in a Jaguars uniform. So you're looking at Herndon's development mm-hmm. as being key. The thing is, I don't know that there's any rookie free agents outside of Wingard uh, or Joe Giles Harris, who yeah, you know, most likely they're going to be practice squad guys, who make this active 53, but you're always putting guys in the pipeline. And that secondary is a great example of it mm-hmm. because you have Tay Hayes and Trey Herndon and Wingard, who's back there, and C.J. Revis and Jared Wilson. I mean, you're right. littered with them. When you're going to have a 20-plus million dollar a year corner, you have to have inexpensive mm-hmm. talent around them that's been developed. And it comes like Boye says. If he did it, there's a lot of guys that could do it because Boye wasn't wanted on draft day but found a spot that he thought fit him and in that sense chose wisely in Houston where he was developed mm-hmm. so that he could get his payday, right? You hate to lose a player like that, but you understand that you will eventually. And so you've got to have someone over a couple of years that you've developed. Mm-hmm. Let's go to big thing three, the balancing act. Everyone's been asking us. Excuse me. If Nick Foles is ready for the regular season, I'll, I'm sure all of us think the same thing. Of course he's ready. We've seen him in practice, but I understand the fans' questions that they've barely seen him at all. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a topic, and I think uh, Doug Marone would tell you it's a topic. I, I don't think Doug Marone thinks from a football purely being in high gear point of view that the approach he took in the preseason is ideal. He said that. It, it if it was an ideal world in a vacuum, he wouldn't have done it this way. But he's trying to figure out for the long term how to keep this team healthiest. Um, I think it will be a work in progress early. I don't think they'll be as good offensively against Kansas City as they will be in week six. 
because they're going to have to learn each other a little bit. But Doug's trying to figure out over 16 games, how do I have this thing healthy enough to make it through and avoid what I did last season? I think if they're going to beat Kansas City, the defense is, is going to have to play well. And I would anticipate the offense perhaps struggling a little bit the first few series, maybe finding itself. But I don't think this was the ideal uh, way from a smoothness on on offense standpoint to prepare. But I think the defense is good enough to overcome that. Well, you've alluded to the fact that people just have to accept the first month of the season isn't going to be as good as the second month or the third month. And not just in Jacksonville. Offensively, I But think, league-wide. Right. You know, the, the quality of football because – of the quality of preparation time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have to take a back seat. That's the payoff, right? Doug Marone is hoping that in getting his defense to give more in September until the offense is ready, right. it's worth it to have his guys rested. Um, but we, that said, we did see some good things the other night. Mm-hmm. It was better in the second two series than the first two series. So I'm not sure it's going to take forever to get to a functional level. Here's the thing. If, if it's slow early on, but guys stay healthy in November and December and are there for your stretch run, right. it was worth it. Right. It was worth it all. Mm-hmm. If they're slow early on and then guys are injured late, well, then was it worth it? Right. Doug Marone said yesterday he had to do something. He couldn't sit still and just hope that this year would be different than last from an injury perspective. So... It's, it's a conditioned effort. He understands there's only so much the body has in it. He is trying to make sure that in the second half of the season, the bodies are conditioned to the contact, that their stress level is not as high, and that they're able to perform at a high level. And the only way he needed to do that was not take those reps off the front end, but leave them on the back end. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if he made no change at all after having 16 guys well, he, finish on injury yeah, reserve? I mean, it's... It, it's that old definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Right. He wouldn't do that. He couldn't do that. By the way, Tom Islinski and that department down there that runs the, you know, the strength and conditioning program, they have a lot of data. They use, I, I can't say it you know, for them, but they're probably at the forefront in terms of how a team uses science to get their players ready. Milo is constantly digging into new ideas. I talk to him all the time about it. The science gets way above my head. Mm-hmm. He offers that to Doug, and Doug said yesterday he's read it all. He goes, he called it you know, all that crap because he's a football coach, right? He wants to worry about plays, but he understands that the science behind this is working to find the solution, but we're dealing with the human body, mm-hmm. and so science is not exact. Yep. All right, when we come back, some ozone snapshot on the Jaguars digital network. Think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership, at your home, or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. 
If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate. Serving up more. Jags fans, football season is heating up and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas. Host friends for a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Now for a very limited time, buy a Spa Cabana for our primetime Thursday night matchup against the Tennessee Titans and receive a free cabana for our season finale against the Colts. Call a Jaguars representative today. I'm nailing Titans lately. Congratulations. Thank You'll you. Need it it's a weeks. huge accomplishment on my end. So Jeff Logman, Jaguars analyst. We Who? know, you know him. Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah. Bad guy. G- good guy. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> good cook. Very into film. Is very knowledgeable about it. Really into film study. He took a look at Josh Allen. We know he had an impressive performance, but he sees things that even we don't see. Here's Josh Allen as a right defensive end, and he's in a two-point stance, which he rushes from a two-point stance very well. But in this case, it's a fire zone. So the two inside linebackers are coming, and then he is dropping to the flat. Look at the coverage on the running back. First of all, the awareness to avoid what was a designed pick play by the tight end. He's aware of it, he avoids them. And then the closing speed and athleticism to make the tackle for a loss on a swing pass by a 269-pound defensive end. Are you kidding me? So no question, he had a great Great performance, the talk of the week. But did you think he was going to have a performance like that when he went into the game? Well, I don't know that you can ever think that a guy is going to flash as dominant as he did. Uh, I don't know that the Dolphins' offensive line is all that good. Mm-hmm. Not on that side. The left tackle is pretty darn good. Uh, but he, the way that he slid through the block that he just showed, the awareness, that's generally not something you see from a lot of rookies in the National Football League. Uh, he's big, strong, physical, tough, smart. He's everything that you want in a football player. He's almost 270 pounds. He can put his hand on the ground and rush the passer, or he can play the run. He's an every-down player. He's your future. What's striking to me, and Jeff obviously does a great job of breaking down the whys of that, when he's pursuing the running back in the flat, he looks like, an outside linebacker doing it in terms of his speed, in terms of the ease of which he does it. He makes things on the outside of the defense look easy that you think you're watching a 210-pound kid do it, and, mm-hmm. and he's 270. And you can imagine a running back who's used to a cornerback or an outside linebacker tackling that situation. You look, and there's this 270-pound, 50 extra pounds is what's usually coming at you. Um, He's a force, and I think he's the next superstar in this team. He is Tony Brackens, uh, and that is saying something because you talk to Lagerman or Baselli or Clyde Simmons or any of the guys that played with Tony Brackens back in the day, and they were just all in awe. Ask Leon seriously. He told us a story when he was in here about not wanting to face Brack. And mm-hmm. they were talking about a Pro Bowl left or right tackle, <laughs> and Brack jammed him. 
I mean, Leon was famous for his punch, and he said, whoa, what is this guy about? Brack was special. This guy is Tony Brack. I think this kid has a chance to be better than Tony. And Whoa. Uh, <laughs> and we're saying this before the regular well, season Tony's, starts. I mean, his consistency and against the run, he was uh, very, very good, right. but had, had off day. Yeah. yeah. But he I don't love the game. I don't remember Tony being as consistent against the run as this kid has a chance to be. This guy has a chance to be Calais level against the run. Mm-hmm. Tony with, was dominant against the run when he wanted to be. When he, right. But I think this kid has a chance to be Calais Campbell type against the run right. with the ability to be Von Miller type edge rusher. It's rare. Tony yeah. Brackens would be a Hall of Fame candidate if he loved the game of football. He didn't. He used football to create his life, mm-hmm. and now he's living in Texas on a ranch. It, football was a tool to him. Um, Allen, I think, loves the game. He that might be the like difference. It. And if that's the case, then I agree with John. He has a chance to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that right now, I just I look at him, and I, that's the last player that dominated the line of scrimmage, right? Uh, for all of Unique Ngakwe's great talents, he's never dominated the line of scrimmage like this guy did. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between the two guys is that he puts his hand on the ground, runs down the line of scrimmage, and makes plays against the run. He is a tremendous football mm-hmm. player. And that's the Jaguars' leverage, yep. like we've talked about many times. Yep, and that now, is the leverage. let's go to some ozone snapshot. The ozone. Let's start off with Ed from Ponte The roster will get thinner by 36 players Saturday. I do wish well those players that have to empty out their lockers. Of the 36, how many do you think are really borderline versus the ones that you already know will not be a part of the 53 elite? You know, I think realistically, maybe two or three. Um, I think from a public's perception, there's probably seven or eight. But if, if you ask Dave, Tom, and Doug who they're going to keep, they probably realistically know 51 or 52. Going in, I don't think anything that happens on on Thursday sways eight spots. But I think there are a lot of guys playing on Thursday for making sure, hey, you need to keep me. You need to keep me on the practice squad. Uh, I think a lot of Thursday, more than who's going to make that bubble cut on Saturday is – somebody impressing enough to be the first guy they bring back when there's injuries during the regular season, Uh, to be the first guy called up off the practice squad. Um, Those things are the things that make these guys careers and give them a chance to hang around the league and get signed by somebody else. I don't know that there's as many bubble spots as maybe the media and us like to talk about. So uh, the sixth receiver, the third, maybe fourth tight end, depending on the number that they want to keep there, uh, the fifth linebacker, right? Uh, the tenth defensive back. So I say five. Mm-hmm. There are five spots with guys. You know, you're trying to impress them to say you should keep the extra safety wingered, right, mm-hmm. instead of the fourth tight end, or you should keep the fourth tight end instead of the tenth defensive back. Right. So there's there's maybe five spots on the roster. Um, I don't look at the players in particular because I'm not sure any of them stand out. Um, it's the spot, and, and I, with those five, that's where the Jaguars could go looking for different opportunities mm-hmm. when cut-down day comes. And a guy like Giles Harris, I think, is going to be here in some capacity, uh, w- whether he's on your active roster or whether you've gone outside 
and gotten somebody and put him on the practice squad. He's a great example because if you remember five years ago, they wanted to put Tyler Shatley on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't think he was ready to be on the active roster. They had no choice but to put him on the active roster because, in scouts talk, word around the league was, watch that kid. If he had been cut, he would have been claimed. Mm-hmm. Someone else would then have control over his rights. They didn't want that. A guy like Joe Giles Harris right. could be that guy, depending on the need around the league, where they say, look, we'd really like to put him on the practice squad, but we don't want to lose his rights. Right. We think we could go get Rameek Wilson or DJ Alexander back, but we'd lose this kid. Right. That so, happens less at linebacker than it does on the line because the lines are such a, a commodity, a but it's a perfect example. You just got to find out where the, where the need around the league is. Right, and so much of that, those spots, is up to special teams as well. Well, that, it, without a doubt. At the bottom of the roster, you have to be able to contribute. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Fort Worth, Texas. JT, John, do you think Quincy Williams will be a go for week one? Yeah, I mean, he's back practicing yesterday. Um Doug was clearly toying with the idea uh, when he spoke to the media of, of uh, whether or not to play Quincy on Thursday. So I think in 10 days, I think he'll be ready. Um, what we don't know is, do they feel comfortable starting him? My anticipation is they will start him with a quick plan B of, hey, if he looks overwhelmed, we'll get Najee Good in there. But he's their guy. They think he's the best guy. They think he's going to be very, very good. Um, you know, the Kansas City element, as as good as they are offensively, might prompt them to play Najee good in, in, in an experienced situation. But uh, Quincy's going to start very, very quickly. He's the guy, if he's playing on opening day, that Andy Reid targets. right? Mm-hmm. Third-round kid, didn't play in the preseason. So they've got to feel good uh, for what his reps are on the practice field before they put him out there. And I wouldn't play him if I'm Doug Marone, but I would make sure, and Doug said something yesterday about making sure these guys have a hard workout on Thursday. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the weather next week, obviously there's a chance that that thing, that storm is coming our way. Um, you know, They've got to make sure that they get enough time with him and that he's intellectually ready for what's coming. In other words, that he's done enough study and that he understands. You know, he's got Travis Kelsey, who's going to be coming out yeah. his direction. And uh, you know, talking about an all-pro caliber tight end. So I'm with John. Uh, you throw him out there, and if he's red meat for the Lion, you know, you pull the red meat back and you put a veteran guy in there and hope that you can shore it up. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him yesterday in the locker room. He said that was the first time he's ever been to a hospital and that he's never had surgery before and that it was very nerve wracking for mm-hmm. him in this locker room, you know, talked him up. But when they said you have to have surgery right now, he's like, whoa, right, right. now. Yeah. But they all explained you want it right now. You want to get this fixed right I, now. He's going to become a story um, if he's what we think that he is. But it, it's, just, it's remarkable to me that you have a, a second team all pro. A Pro Bowl linebacker in Telvin Smith, who is not here, who walked away from the game. That was a huge storyline for us back in the spring. And we really haven't talked about him at all because Quincy Williams showed us speed and playmaking ability on the field during OTAs and early in training camp. And we said, okay. Well, and confidence in him in the building is very, very high. Very, yeah. very, very high. But it still is remarkable that we're not. It's, I mean, it's, yes. I heard somebody yesterday on NFL Network. They were talking about where the Jaguars were weak on defense. Now, look, they don't have Telvin Smith anymore. Well, to people outside the building, that's that's a a huge loss. Telvin Smith was a well-known. He was on NFL Network all the time. He's, you know, they're not worried about it. People out there, Quincy Williams, Murray State, oh, my God, that's a step down. Just wait. You'll see. Yeah, combined, the addition of Josh Allen slash Quincy Williams 
more than makes up for the loss of Delvin Smith. The people in Kansas City were talking about Tyreek Hill a few years ago from West Georgia, right? Everyone's like, oh, what's this kid going to do? Oh, well, they knew, right? And now we all know. It could be the same thing with Williams if he's as impactful on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap it up with Rick. Hey, yo. It feels like defensive tackle Taven Bryan is way undersized physically to play on Jayville's line. Does not feel like he gets any initial push at the snap of the ball. How does he stack up versus other guys up front from a combine standpoint? Well, I included this not to mock Rick, but. But you could. Uh, that's ridiculous. I knew a Taven Bryan question. Has Rick ever looked him up? Taven Bryan is huge. Bryan has become such a hot button issue among fans that you look to criticize everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly has flaws as a player, or or he would be starting. He, a, he's he, he hasn't played well enough to start, but he's definitely going to be on the team and should be on the team. He's definitely one of the best uh, six or seven linemen on this team. But undersized physically, my God, that he's right. He's cut out of granite. Line, I mean, he's physical. Speed, strength, size, X, whatever, of the, of the things that are holding him back, yeah. that ain't it. Sensational yeah. in terms of the combine numbers, in terms of his bench press, of his right. his, his three cone drill, all of that was off the charts, which is why the Jaguars felt comfortable in well, taking him. He's gotten knocked off the ball a couple of times, and yeah, I think that's what's causing people. Yeah, but to they think only see that play. Do they see him push the pocket, which right. he does too? Mm-hmm. His biggest problem isn't below the neck; it's above the neck. Right. He forgets or doesn't know or loses track of what he's supposed to do. If, you, if you're on the sideline, and we were in Miami, and the coaches were furious on a couple of different pass rushes because he did the wrong thing, right? right? That's where his issue is. Not physically. Rick, go look at the kid. He was built to play the position. There is no strength issue with this kid. It's technique and what he's supposed to do. That you hope you can fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is only, it's his second year. And by the way, they never thought he was going to be all pro as a rookie right. or as a second-year player. They hoped that he would grow into a starter who could replace Malik Jackson by year three. We're not there yet. It's almost a guarantee that Taven Bryan is in the snapshot for weeks to come. I can feel it now. Oh, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, he makes some plays. It's He's not the hot-button issue because he's a first-round pick. Right. If he had been picked five picks later at the top of the second, he's less of a story, but that's the nature of the league. If he'd been a first-round pick 20 years ago, we wouldn't even be talking about him yet. You know right. what I mean? Because first-round picks weren't expected to contribute then. Not his fault that he wasn't ready to go. Right. They have had a plan for him all along. They'd like him to be further along than he is. They're pushing him to get there. The kid wants to. If you talk to him, he wants to. Now the question is, can he? Mm-hmm. And it's all from here up. Yep. All right. Stay tuned on Tave and Brian. When we come back, some Ashland Ask on the Jaguars Digital Network. When you hear, think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership at your home or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. Jaguars fans, football season is heating up and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas at TIAA Bank Field. Host up to 50 of your closest friends, family, and colleagues for a -a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Take a dip in the luxurious Exalta Spa. Enjoy the game from relaxing lounge furniture and indulge in all-inclusive food and beverage. Go to checkers.com slash group tickets or call 904-633-2000 and book your cabana today. 
Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pains me every time. Seminole fans, don't miss the kickoff to the college football season at TIAA Bank Field. Premium seating is now available for FSU's season opener against Boise State on Saturday, August 31st. Enjoy the game from the air-conditioned fields auto group Terrace Suite. Call 904-633-2000 to get your tickets today. That game's Saturday. So How this long is you ending. hold on to this whole Gator or Seminole thing? I mean, when I see Max to be 30, every window... <laughs> Every time we read this. 30, you're going to give that up? No. Who cares? It never goes away. Ask hey, my father. And you look at it from a business perspective. You've got a game coming in here, fills the seats, helps make everything viable. Play the music. I still won't like yeah. it. All right. Are you guys okay. ready for Ashland Ask? Sure, let's do so it. So we don't have to talk about the Seminoles anymore. Who are you paying attention to on Thursday? Could be a borderline guy. Could be a guy that you need to see make a play to make this team. We talk about that there's very few spots left for that. But who's a guy you're looking to make an impact Thursday night preseason against the Falcons? Up by Stump John. He's erasing. He's stressed. Let's see it, Brian. Josh Wells. He's on the borderline. Uh, He's the guy that John and I talked about last year when Cam Robinson got hurt. Could be playing for a big contract. A year ago at this time, well, a year ago in October, uh, we thought he was a guy the Jaguars wouldn't be able to afford this year because he was playing well and looked to be a guy who was going to get a contract. And now he's a guy with a, uh, a daughter and another child on the way who is fighting for maybe the last offensive line spot. You know, Cedric Abway, he comes in here and plays well. He's got the hamstring. But when Wells is right, when he's healthy, mm-hmm. uh, he is quality depth at both left and right tackle. So I'm looking for him to get through the game unscathed and for him to play well while he's out there because I think he's a guy that Doug Marone, who coached him the first couple of years of his, uh, his NFL career, would like to have in his, his offensive line room. Um, I had a list. I mean, I think Taven's going to play, but he's clearly on the roster. Um, I think guys like Josh Robinson, uh, Wingard, uh, are guys to watch for the bubble. But I'm going to say Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's on the team. He's going to be the backup. Uh, I'm 99% sure. But they haven't scored with him yet. And he's looked better and better and better. But Doug, when he was talking in the press conference yesterday, said we still need to see more from him. And I know some of that's motivation. But they also, at, as good as he's looked, uh, there's still some up and down with him. He still needs to play better to give them a good feeling going into the season to back up quarterbacks. I would have liked, and that, this is an issue uh, with not playing starters in the preseason, I would have liked to see him with the first offensive line, mm-hmm. with the first skill position players, yep. and see what he can do. I mean, let's be honest, he's playing behind Absolutely. a different group of linemen. Nearly every series, they're mixing and matching. Many of the guys he's played with won't be on the Absolutely. Roster. So right. I right. don't know that we have uh, the ability to get a good look at him, but... You've watched quarterbacks a lot. Mm-hmm. Having seen Peyton, you know what good is. 
So, you know, I, I get it. I understand why you want to see him and to see if he can make some well, I think he's looked. I thought in the last couple of weeks he's looked dramatically better. Uh, but, again, with a rookie, th- these snaps could be the last he gets yep, this is it. in any sort of meaningful time until mm-hmm. next August. So they're important. Absolutely. All right. Now, John, I know what you're going to say to this question because you're going to say, work never makes me sad. But who would you be kind of bummed to see not make this team? I'll get it. I knew. Get them all out of here. I know. That's fine. I knew it was I'm just coming. like Doug. Get Tired them all out. out. I know that you are deeply emotional and get sad about things like this. So I'm sure you will have a list of guys. stumped you yet again yeah yeah I guess I've been at it long enough to know you know they're football players and they come and they go so you go and I'll well they would all I be was, sad to see me I was go. gonna put well, him I now that's that. a fact I um, was gonna put him I'm gonna say Quentin Meeks Good um because I don't think he's gonna make the team uh he may be a, he may hasn't practiced quite eligibility I think he's a guy they would bring back quickly if there was emergency situation at corner but it uh it feels to me like perhaps the lack of speed that caused him not to be drafted has hurt him during this camp. I hate to see it because in talking to him a couple of times last year, very good kid, mm-hmm. uh, it, very together. He's going to succeed in life no matter what happens right. in football. But uh, you know, I do think he's probably on the bubble and won't be on the initial roster. Although there's always 10 guys like that, Brian, that you say goodbye to. Yeah. And then they're back and they're around. I think he's going to be a guy who's around the league for a long time. He played so well in Philadelphia. Or, I'm sorry, against Philadelphia in London last year. Yeah, once you get him in the game, he makes yeah. plays if he's around the ball. Yeah. So, and then he got hurt, and then we never really got another chance. I was going to put him, and I'll go back to the, the well, right? Back to the go well. Back to Josh well. I would, I would I be sorry. I would be sorry to see him go because I think he's, he's a great guy. Uh, has, has dug some roots into the community. As I mentioned, uh, you know, he's got another child on the way he told me he was excited about. But I think he's a hell of a football player. Uh, football player. He might not be a starter, but he's a guy that you want in your locker room. He does everything that you ask. He gives you 100% effort, and he's a good enough player to step in and play mm-hmm. two, three games, left or right. That kind of value, I hate to see go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would, I would hate to see him go. Yeah. After talking to Josh Robinson yesterday, I now am polling for him. Great guy. I was talking about how much he appreciates his time being here because he played college football with A.J. Boye. Yeah, I think he makes a team. I hope so, yeah, because he he's a really impressive guy, and you guys haven't talked to him yet. Yeah. Good guy. Very good special teams player, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, final Ashlyn ask. Describe the atmosphere for the home opener next week. Now, we don't want to describe the atmosphere for Thursday, because we know it's not going to be the same, but it's crazy to think that next week the Kansas City Chiefs come to town in this stadium. <laughs> Brian. Brian's going to go with a negative. <laughs> I don't know. Is it negative? It, you know what? It could be a positive. Hot. It's going to be smoking hot. Like me. One o'clock on. I knew that was coming. On the eighth. <laughs> um, I remember. I remember the Steelers coming in. They were coming off the Super Bowl. They were fat and happy. They had lost the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they had beaten the Jaguars once in that first season. I don't know that they took them all that seriously. And it was so hot that Chad Brown and LeVon Kirkland and all those great Steeler defenders were falling down in the third quarter. Um, I, I think it's going to be hot, and I think Kansas City is an unbelievable offense. But I think that uh, the Jaguars and the fans are going to embrace 
The fact that the thermometer is going to say 120, they might break it and make it say 130. Yeah, right. Just for good measure. Um, it, it is going to be hot, and I think people are going to be excited. They're going to be hot, sweaty. And excited. They're going to stink. Uh, you will too when you come off the field. Yeah. But it is. Uh, it's. It's going to be a, a blazing. Uh, sorry about the uh, smoking hot thing. I, I've been called just, yeah, that so much. Right. It's like Pavlov's dog. I just I, I sort of it's respond automatic. to it. Um, I think it's going to be chaotic. Uh, and I think the fans are going to be juiced up for it. I think they're going to be ready. It's a, um, it's a game that will be sold out, max capacity, all that stuff. And I think the Jaguars' defense will add to the chaos because – when they played Kansas City last year, I anticipated it being one of those games that was just absolute intensity. Whenever the Jaguars' defense was playing the Kansas City offense, and that was surprising that offense, and that there were things they weren't prepared for, even though they came in hot. I think they had a chance to do that last year until the offense sort of went off the rails. I think mm-hmm. it, was, it was turning into that sort of game. They had intercepted Mahomes early. Remember, I think twice in that game they intercepted him. First and he hadn't been intercepted. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's that potential. Um, if they can create that kind of atmosphere, confusion, uh, a play into the heat, get them frustrated, wonder what's going on. Uh, I, I think the whole game has a chance to be one of those where people are watching it going, what's going on? Right. Or when you're trying to take notes, you can't keep up with it. Because <laughs> I anticipate Kansas City scoring, but it's going to be a break-serve kind of game. If they score, all of a sudden the Jaguars get mm-hmm. you know, a pick-six kind of game and you're trying to keep up with it. It needs to be chaotic. And it's going to be hot like me. This is a game where you win the coin toss, you take the ball. I think you take yeah. the ball and, and you you're try saying to, get the momentum right uh, away. Just yeah. try to set the tempo early and say, we're not scared to put the onus on our offense. We trust our defense. We're going after it. But the Jaguars might take the other approach and say, hey, you know what? You think that's your best? We're putting our best on the field. We're going to stop you coming out. Yeah. You see both sides. Who knows yeah. what the strategy is? But I'm always take the ball guy. But. Yeah. We'll see. Either way, it's going to be fun. Long way to go. It's going to be hot, chaotic, and fun. And you should be here. Is that how, isn't that how John's described? That's right. Hot, yeah. chaotic, and fun. That's, that's great, John. <laughs> Those are the first three words I'm sure everyone thinks of. <laughs> when we come back, let's wrap up the show with some top tweets on Jaguars Drive Time. You hear Think Duval Motor Company, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval is the home of the real deal. No hype, no gimmicks, no haggle. Just a real fast, real friendly experience online and at the dealership. With five area locations, Ford, Honda, Acura, Subaru, and now Chevrolet, you can be sure Duval delivers on price, Duval delivers on service. Schedule your test drive today at the dealership, at your home, or at work. Duval delivers to you because the closest Duval dealer is in your driveway. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. 
Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Got me completely off guard. I was not expecting this. Pussy cat dolls on a Wednesday morning. That's Joe for you. He's got everything at his disposal over there. Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. All right. Let's start off top tweets. That's something that definitely got a lot of attention this week, and that is Matt Overton, long snapper for the Jaguars. Obviously played with the Colts before he came here, and we all know the news about Andrew Luck and how season ticket members now want to sell their tickets because Andrew Luck is not playing. He said, to any angry Colts season ticket holders, you are seeking a refund. I'm more than happy to buy your season tickets off you and donate them to the Riley Children's patients and their families. That is a hospital that he represents for my cause, my cleats, every year. Is this the only Andrew Luck uh, tweet that you have? No, I ha- well, this show, yes. Okay, but so, I've seen plenty. Right. So, no, I just want to throw, I want to throw this out there. Um, it's bad for the NFL when a young star quarterback walks away leaving hundreds of millions of dollars in future earnings on the table because he says the injuries have stolen his joy. Mm-hmm. It's worse when the all-pro tight end who won three Super Bowls with the Patriots comes out the next day and says, I've lost my joy too. That's not good. No. Follow this through the offseason. Follow this. People are missing this, but I don't think this is good for the NFL when players are saying that. No, especially I, it, back It sends up like alarm that. bells to me when star players are saying they're in pain, they're suffering, they have no joy. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the fact that the fans booed. It's none of their business. Yeah. I, I don't I, care. I had zero problem with the fans booing. It, it was a reaction. If that had happened in Jacksonville, the fans would have booed. If that had happened anywhere. Mm-hmm. When the, you know, it, I understand Andrew Luck's absolute right to walk away, but to think that fans weren't going to be upset about it, it when you sign up for this game and make the kind of money he made and you get booed in that process, you know what? That's yeah, fine. I didn't like it. I, you I, like it. I didn't. Whatever. I didn't like it. I think it's part of it. Yeah. And you're it on the also represents a I don't, I don't very small that. number of fans. I don't know. I just, you're me, on the public stage. I know. But to me, it, it, yeah. I mean, I guess. It, but to me, it was too primal. It was not understanding. You know, if. if fans I don't understand I, anything. Yeah. yeah. You said that, not me. Um, I mean, on that level, they're not part of it. They don't play the game. I know. So they don't understand. When they come here, that co- it's a suspension kind of, of reality. Exactly right. I, I totally get that. I didn't, it, it, I mean, if I'm Andrew Luck, I walk off the field and I just count my money, you know. Right. One million, two million. I get to a hundred million. I'm like, well, I've forgotten I there's been fans in the building. And to clarify what I'm saying, I think most of those fans who booed, the next day, you probably wouldn't have been. Yeah. Right. But it's a gut reaction. Initial. It happens. Um, and when you're in a public uh, forum like that, you're going to get booed. You're going to get tweeted. You're going to get hate mail in the ozone. Mm. It, it's part of it. Fans react to that sort of thing. After a game, I get vilified in the ozone. The next day, it's much, much different because they're not emotional anymore. Mm-hmm. Fans are emotional. They booed. Mm-hmm. And it also presented you, a very small number no, of I mean, fans. That's my personal experience with it. But... For, for players, it's much, much worse. But if you're on the public stage like that, you're going to get booed in that there's, situation. There's no doubt. Three days later, he wouldn't have been booed. There's no doubt. I still don't like it, but there's no doubt. Yep. All right, let's go to Leonard Frenette. Over the summer up in New Orleans, Leonard Frenette has a lot of nieces and nephews. The smallest one 
just started playing football, and Leonard Fournette's dad actually coaches his nephew's uh, Pop Warner team. So let's take a look at the first time his nephew puts on the pads. You see the guy in the white? Yep, little guy. Oh! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> awesome. And that's yeah. Leonard Fournette's dad behind him coaching him up. First time he puts on the pads. Wow. Yeah. It was just tweeted out by SportsCenter before the show yeah. aired. There's some genetic yeah. material yeah. there. There's, uh, yeah. Something I think the genetics with. are working. Something to work with. And finally, our guy, Tony Baselli had a good day as a father yesterday. His son, Andrew, who plays for FSU football, received a full scholarship, and FSU captured the moment that he was surprised with it. A guy that I really thought did a good job today of, of, of focusing one rep at a time, Andrew Baselli. Where you at, Andrew? Baselli. Come here, Close tag. He feels like you deserve a full scholarship. Oh. probably more excited than when he originally signed with them mm -hmm. but if you wanted to see a celebration you probably should have seen Baselli jumping up and down I bet I bet it's a good day to be a dad yeah um, <laughs> well and it's cool because I don't know the full story but I know Andrew played he walked away and came back to earn that full scholarship uh, for him he it's showed really up cool. at a tryout right in the spring right had to he, fight his way back he could have picked up the phone and said hey it's Andrew Baselli I once had a scholarship could we talk about this he didn't he showed up at an open tryout which showed a level of humility mm -hmm. that I'm not sure his father has. Um, I'm just kidding, Tony. Well, maybe not. But, <laughs> but it showed commitment. And uh, you know, he's a big kid. He was a very highly recruited kid. Mm -hmm. He's a kid who could probably play on Sundays at some point. He's got his father's, I don't know if he's got his father's feet. His father was sensational. But he's got some of that size that his dad had and some nastiness to him. Uh, I wish him the best. I, you know, he's a center. That's an important spot. And we may, uh, may end up starting at some point for FSU this year. So well, if I'm Tony, I'm celebrating. I'm not coming out of pocket. Oh, for this. man. I knew that was I'm coming. writing that check now. I know. For the tuition it's, anyway. Yeah, it, 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 no fun. Good for Tony. That's Good for Tony, story. yes. like my son to go get a scholarship somewhere. I hope he's watching your son. Oh, he's probably not. Strap on the pads. Let's it's, go. Is it 10 o'clock? No, class isn't for until 11 for him. He's not even awake. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show, Game Day Jaguars versus Falcons, preseason Game 4. We'll be here tomorrow at 9 o'clock on Jaguars Drive Time.